You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we we'll help you to see real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today we are looking at Ephesians. We've been doing this series on Ephesians, Ephesians um, 4, Ephesians chapter 5, um, Ephesians chapter 6. Then we went to Ephesians 1 and we did part of Ephesians 1. Now we want to finish Ephesians chapter 1 and maybe pick into Ephesians chapter 2. Who knows? But then let's get right into it. Yesterday we stopped at, I think, uh, verse, uh, that would be 14, where we said that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. No, that's not verse, that's 13. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? So we explained that the Holy Ghost is the guarantee of our inheritance. And our inheritance is complete in the sense of when we have a redeemed body. Because right now we don't have a body that is redeemed. Our bodies are still mortal. Mortal means doomed to death. So you're going to die. I'm going to die too. But then we will not die like that. We're going to live forever. Glory to God. When we die, we're going to go be with the Lord. But then after that, when we come back with the Lord, oh my goodness. That same spirit on our inside is going to transform our bodies into the same body that Christ has, you know. And that person said like that we don't know what we shall be, but we know that when it comes, we'll be like him. Oh, glory to Jesus, we'll be like him. Those bodies that we'll receive will be will not be corrupt. They will not be dead. We will never die again. Can you imagine that? And that's actually the promise of eternal life, that we shall never die again, that we'll be raised with Christ and live forever with God. That's crazy. That's the hope of eternal life. And that really is, if you think about it, that is a major crux of Christianity, that there is life after death, life with God after this life. You know, it's this hope of eternal life that we see um, people in the, not even, the, okay, Old Testament, but the New Testament, especially the New Testament church, who are willing to die for their faith. I mean, Paul died for his faith. All the apostles died for their faith. It's only John that was even preserved. I mean, he was literally, in quotes, killed or they tried to kill him. But he was preserved so he could write the book of Revelation. But all of them died for their faith. After that, for the first 300 years of the church, the church had so many martyrs who died for their faith. And many of them died willingly. Many of them died willingly. I mean, so many stories. Why? Part of it is the hope. Are you seeing that? The hope. They knew that this is not the end. They were so sure of it that this is not the end. There is life after death. Are you seeing that? There is life after death. So, as a believer, it's actually carnality to be afraid of death. <laughs> it is very, very spiritual for you to actually know that there is life after death, to be assured that there is life after death. And that assurance comes from the study of the scriptures. The more you study God's words, the words of Christ, the epistles, the teachings of the apostles, the more assured you should be that there is a hope of eternal life. We already have the life, you know, by the Spirit of God, but then the hope in the sense that it's a future, you know, thing that's about to happen that will spend eternity with God it's crazy and we'll spend it not just eternity with God but we'll have these new bodies that are not sinful or dead doomed or corrupt or aging you know none of those things our bodies will not be sick 
it's just crazy i think that that to me is like the most mind-blowing thing i mean we have the spirit of god right now and that's amazing but the truth is that till we have that glorified body we will not be able to fully tap into the potential of our human spirit our, yeah human spirit as the holy ghost in us merged with our spirit we will not be able to tap into the full potential when we receive that body oh my god it's gonna be crazy so that's why I'm, i just you know when you think of this thing and you you see an unbeliever you just pity the unbeliever because that person in this life he may enjoy his life have cars have houses have everything but once he dies man he's in for a world of misery a world of hurt and that's why we know we need to persuade men we need to talk to them about the gospel anyway let's move to verse 15 it says therefore i also after i heard of your faith in the lord jesus christ and your love for all the sins after i heard of what your faith in the lord jesus christ of course this is actually the criteria or criterion to get saved your faith in the lord jesus christ romans chapter 10 verse 9 if you believe in your heart the lord jesus and confess with your mouth that god raised him from the dead you will be saved so it says so these people had put their faith in the resurrection of the lord jesus right so he was acknowledging that he said i've heard of your faith in lodges and your love for the saints because the next thing that happens is that you know the bible says that we love him because he first loved us when his love is accepted by us by the believing of the gospel right then what happens is that that love you know should now begin to spread to other people by the same preaching of the gospel and by acts of you know charity so he says, I have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love for all the saints. He knows it's all the saints. There's a love you have for other believers that you just, uh, that because you're family. Do not cease to give thanks for you. I don't stop giving thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers, right? So, how do you pray for people? Make mention of them. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, this person, I pray for him. I pray for her. In the name of Jesus, I pray for him. I pray for her. I pray that this, that, that, that. Now, notice, look at the prayer point that he prayed. He said, I keep mentioning my prayers. Now, what do, do I want God to do for you by my prayers? It says, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. So let's take that again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he's saying that the Lord will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Now, the question is, are there two spirits? Because he says the spirit of, of wisdom. So what spirit is he talking about here? Because this is a place where many believers um, stumble doctrinally because we feel when we see things like this or we see what we call the seven spirits of God in Revelation and the Old Testament and all it's like there are different spirits no the Bible says that we have one spirit in fact the same Ephesians if you read chapter 4 it tells us that there is one spirit Ephesians 4 one spirit let me see if I can find that yeah we have one spirit it's not it's not two it's not three there is one spirit amen so if you understand that you realize that you're not looking for two three four five um spirits you're looking for one spirit look at this ephesians 2 18 for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father Ephesians 4 verse 4 it says um there is one body and one spirit are you seeing that one spirit so we don't have two spirits we have what one spirit so look at 
1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 for by one spirit you will be baptized into one body are you seeing that whether you be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free we have all been made to drink into what one spirit are you seeing that 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11 but all these things works that one and the self same spirit are you seeing that <laughs> so uh, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 for he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit so you have one spirit so you don't have two or three now this is a principle in scriptures when you study the scriptures I, I can go verse upon verse upon verse upon verse that tells you that we have one spirit right that one spirit if that spirit that raised us from the dead dwells in us that same spirit you know one spirit that same spirit one spirit that same spirit so it's a principle that is one spirit so when you now find texts that seem to look contradictory it is not that they are contradictory no this is the way we study the bible when you've established from numerous scriptures you've corroborated other scriptures you've gone verse for verse 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 in different places in different books and you've established that there is one spirit you now come here and see they said the spirit of wisdom and revelation and ask what's that you know it now looks as if there's another spirit but no there's not another spirit it just means that this text is resolved actually the way to resolve it is to look at it like they says he says, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is just a play on words. Do you understand? It's actually the same spirit. We have one spirit. Any spirit that is being referred to in the believer is the same spirit. Do you get that? It's the same spirit, just a play of words. So in other words, he's saying that you may give to you, since it's the same spirit, it will now be more of the wisdom of that spirit, not the spirit of wisdom. Or he is, in quote, the spirit of wisdom. So we can say the wisdom of that spirit the wisdom of the spirit he may grant to you the wisdom of the spirit which is what because okay there's um that's uh what Ephesians 1 17 you know i i've taught you guys that um in bible interpretation there is a rule or maybe you know you guys have thought because i'm also teaching some classes on bible interpretation right now uh there's a there's a rule that says i think i taught it before there's a rule that says um let me see Father of Glory to the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, there's a rule of Bible interpretation that actually says that when you see the word and, right, the word and is either a conjunction or an explanation. Right? Uh-huh. That it's, it is, it's either a conjunction, that is, it joins two um, phrases together or it's an explanation. So, this is, could be better read like this. Um, he we give to you the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation, right? or the spirit of wisdom which is revelation right instead of saying wisdom and revelation that it will be joining wisdom then revelation and everything if it is not a conjunction right in this case it is not it is an explanation the word kai is the word in the greek and it is either a conjunction or an explanation these are things that we learned in school that we hated but now we are fine now we have to learn them as all these things tenses figures of speech all those things so may grant you the spirit of wisdom or the wisdom of the spirit which is revelation in the knowledge of him so what is the wisdom of the spirit revelation in other words something will be revealed what will be revealed in the knowledge of christ there will be wisdom that is revealed in the knowledge of christ are you seeing that in the knowledge of christ so there's a knowledge right he now explains what he means in verse 18 are you seeing the rule of context again so by reading through you are able to better see what they mean and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened now the question is does your understanding have eyes obviously not right understanding has to do with the mind right so 
what he's just saying that there are things you would understand the eyes of your understanding being enlightened in other words that means that okay if you want to look at it literally that means that eye has been closed so he's saying that it will be flooded with light there will be light it will be opened you would know do you understand so the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that there are things that you will just come to realize do you get so he's saying that this prayer i'll pray for you will help you to realize things you know um in the knowledge of christ there are things concerning christ that your mind will be opened up to you just begin to realize certain things are you seeing that he says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what you see that that you may what you may know you may know so the point of it is knowing that you may know so his prayer point is that you will know and if you think about it everything we're reading down is going to be part of that prayer point that is these are the things i want to know because he won't just leave you vague where he says give the spirit of wisdom revelation in knowledge of him in knowledge of christ what does that mean in the knowledge of christ what, what does that mean as we understand being enlightened what does that mean that you may know now you may know what he now explains what is the hope of his calling now we've already spoken of the hope actually the hope of eternal life the hope of life after death the hope of the re- of the resurrection at the end of life you understand that is the hope of his calling the hope of a glorified body it's a hope it's a future thing do you understand in other words the bible tells us in um uh that is verse 14 or actually verse yeah verse 13 in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise so the holy ghost is already inside you are sealed with the holy spirit who is the guarantee of our what inheritance until the redemption i see that's the future thing he is the guarantee of our inheritance until redemption what's that inheritance a glorified body until the redemption of the purchased possession so the preserves glory so it's the glorified body do you understand but that glorified body is also received in at the resurrection when the lord returns so that is the hope of eternal life are you seeing that the hope of what eternal life let me show you another um text that will help you guys understand that titus chapter 1 verse 2 in the hope of eternal life which god that cannot lie promised before the world began are you seeing that there's a hope okay um titus 3 7 that being justified by his grace we should be made as according to the hope of what eternal life are you seeing that so there is a hope of eternal life it is the same spirit in us that gives that is the assurance that that hope will come to pass so we already have it it's just that we're waiting it's just time so it's not like it's already guaranteed just that it's time that you know will bring the hope to pass now let's go back so um you now says so so that you may know what the hope of his calling right uh-huh then what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints what the riches of his glory of his what inheritance in the saints remember he already in yesterday we mentioned inheritance you remember this is the law of context in context he already spoke about inheritance some verses before so for you to understand what he's saying we have to go back right to look at that one too which is what um Ephesians 1 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance right remember we said inheritance is something that is given to you it's not something you earn or work for in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things so we obtain an inheritance right Ephesians 1 14 which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession so that actually 14 is because of verse 13 which is actually that talking about the fact that you are sealed with the holy spirit which is what the earnest right of our inheritance 
or the pledge of our inheritance. Are you seeing that? So, the, again, the inheritance has to do with what? The future. Do you understand? But the, but let me say this. It is, how do I put it? The inheritance is a full package. You've already received the spirit, which is actually the down payment. The, the what that will cause you to receive the rest. The rest is just the future. So the inheritance would be the spirit in us, actually. The inheritance actually is the spirit in us. Because it's that same spirit that will actually enforce and make sure you receive the rest. So the spirit is the inheritance. Are you seeing that? And in the workings of the spirit, there's a future work of the spirit. But then he is the inheritance. Are you seeing that? So when you say what that what are the riches of the glory, that's verse 18. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So notice that our inheritance is where? In the saints. And what is that? The spirit of God. The spirit of God is the inheritance of the spirit of, of God, actually. Yeah. You know? So, um, I think uh, Romans also tells us, Romans 8 also tells us that we are um, heirs with Christ Jesus. And an heir is the one that inherits uh, something. You get that? And we also inherit, like, stuff in Christ Jesus. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Um, that should be... Let me do a partial march. Sorry, I use when I'm teaching like this, I always use a... There's some Bible study tools that are very, very good for this kind of thing. So that you have more, um, what's the word? You have more room to move around, uh, to teach, to explain things. So normally I look up text. This is this is where I believe like Bible, uh, a digital Bible is better than a physical Bible, which is that you can actually just go look up stuff. To The physical Bible to search, man, good Lord, you have to do that. The Old Testament guy said they search the scriptures, meaning that they have to read <laughs> To find one thing, for example, in the book of John, you have to read the whole thing to find it. Maybe you would have done, I don't know how you, because they used to use scrolls in those times. I don't even know how they wanted to do that, those things. That's just, uh, those guys were dedicated. Very, 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 very diligent. So, um, yeah, I think I'm there. Okay. So, it says, um, Romans 8, verse, um, Romans chapter 8 verse I think from 16 let's see um okay verse 16 it says okay from verse let's see from verse 14 mm. for as many as led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God for they have not for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of what adoption which is placement whereby we cry Abba Father so God is our Father the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. So we are God's children. And if children, then heirs. Are you seeing that? Then heirs. And heir is one that will get an inheritance. Yeah. It's one that will actually get an inheritance. Are you seeing that? Aha. So the heirs or the children. If children, then we are heirs. That means we have rights to inheritance. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. In other words, what Christ inherits is what we inherit. We have the same inheritance. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Okay? So, anyway, let's come back to this. So, we now know that his inheritance is what? In the sense, he's actually talking about the Spirit of God. You get, aha, it's the Spirit of God that is being spoken about. Because if we remember Romans that we just read, they talked about the Spirit. We have not received the, the Spirit of bondage, right? We have received the Spirit of adoption. So, that Spirit is, you get what qualifies us to be heirs. And that heirs means that we have what? We are children of God and we have access to what the father has that is we have the inheritance of the father okay so what is the exceeding greatness of his power okay no sorry 
he had reached out the inheritance in the same. So that inheritance is in us. You should understand that by now. Verse 19. And what is the... I hope you are using the Bible. Because you can be hearing me, but, you know, how you know you know what I'm teaching you is when you go somewhere and, and you're supposed to explain the same thing to someone else and you start to say, hey, where is it? Where is it? That's why it's better to look at the Bible while I'm talking. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? So, in other words, that means that his power has been exercised towards us. In this, I think in this one, verse 19, I like the King NIV. I was reading the NIV of it. I think I prefer NIV in this particular text. It just makes things more simple. Okay, so it says here, verse 19, and his incor- um, is eh? <laughs> and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he accepted when he raised Christ from the dead. So, now, the if you look at the um, the King James, the King James tells you that that power is exceeding great power towards us. Exceeding great power. That word is the exceeding great power. That word in the Greek is hyperbalo. Hyperbalo means that that power is much more, you get, that we can imagine. You know, remember, the Bible tells us... Um, Ephesians 3.20 God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So, it's that same power. That means that that power can do much more than you can ever imagine. It's hyperbalou, exceeding. That is, I think I've explained that before. It's like, uh, my favorite explanation of it is like, one mosquito buzzing in your ear and you're like, oh, like we need to kill this mosquito and you drop an atomic bomb over Lagos just to kill that mosquito. That is what we call exceedingly. That's the power is so much more than what you need it for. I seen that. Uh-huh. So that power has been exercised towards us who believe, right? So now notice that Paul is praying for you to know these things. He's praying for you to realize this thing. In other words, when you study the word, when you meditate on God's word, these things will be opened up to your mind. Your mind will be more open to these things. You begin to realize, oh, I have this. Oh, I have that. Oh, I have that. Oh, I have that. Oh, you know, that that's the idea of the prayer. So that tells you that this prayer works. You can actually pray for someone and pray for yourself and pray Ephesians 117, pray it consistently, and you realize that as you study the word, your eyes will be opened much more. You just realize things. In fact, that's how, if you want the person to grow very, very fast spiritually, pray this prayer for the person. Are you seeing that? Pray this prayer for the person. Okay? So it says, according to the working of his mighty power. So he explains that that hyperbalo, that power that is exceedingly great. He now says, verse 20, which he walked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. So it tells you how powerful that power can be. That power is more powerful than this, but it can. It, this is like the greater excess of that power, which is when he raised Christ from the dead. And the explanation of this is why it is so powerful is because when you think about it, the wages of sin is death. Christ came and died for our sins. In other words, he died and was supposed to stay dead, remain dead. But that power is, is greater than death. And it was not just his sin. He died for all our sins. So that means if... He's not even supposed to even be thinking about coming out because if it was only his, if it was his sin he died for, okay, that's fine. But the world, the Bible says, not just our sin, that's John saying that. He says he's the propitiation for our sins, and not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Everybody's sin. And he was meant to just remain there. And that power raised him from the dead. That means that power is over sin, over death. It, it is stronger than death, much stronger than death. You see that? So he uses that to tell us about the kind of great power that is in us. Are you seeing that? He has accessed that power in Christ, but that power now is in us. And that's crazy. So that means if he could do that, then things like raising the dead are normal. They're nothing. If he raised Christ from the dead, then raising anybody from the dead is, is a cheap matter. Very, very cheap matter. 
glory to God, and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Yesterday again, we saw these um, heavenly places, and I explained that heavenlies here is figurative. It is not literal. It's heavenlies. It's not in heaven. It's not that when you get to heaven, there's one throne, you know, and beside the throne, there's one right hand and left hand. And I say, Lord, which one's your? You say, hey, Lord, because you are facing me. I say, is it my right or your right? Okay, okay, your right. I'll be okay. Now go there and sit down the right hand. And I say, I'm at the right hand of God. No, <laughs> it's a real me, man. And right hand is a, talking about the place of authority. Right hand is a place of authority, right? The best way to discuss uh, right hand is what happened with Josh, Joseph and the Pharaoh right in egypt joseph and the pharaoh in egypt where the pharaoh put every other thing in joseph's possession except himself you get you see the same thing with potiphar when he said potiphar everything is in fact the bible says that everything that potiphar owned was in joseph's care that the only thing that potiphar knew of was what the food that he ate that's all he knew about he didn't know anything else because joseph was so good at administration so that is with the right hand so here we're seeing that he says he has raised us from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Another was set him in authority that he has the exact same authority that God has, right? The Father has exact same authority, and we have that authority. Everything you know is in us, and that is the heavenly places they're talking about. And guess what? Do you know how you get in the heavenly places when the Spirit gets into you? Remember, He is the inheritance. That is the inheritance. So He's telling. So basically, you see what Paul is doing here is that he's unpacking the treasures of your spirit. This prayer point is for you to know what is in your spirit. Simple. In other words, all this stuff he said, the Hubabalo, the exceeding power, the authority over everything, right? The the riches of glory, the, the future, the hope of his calling, everything is in your spirit. And he's saying that you will know. Now look at he now talks about verse 21. He says so he says he set him at his own right hand heavenly. He now has to explain to you what is under that right hand, what is under that authority. He now says verse 21, far above all principality and power. Are you seeing that? So the authority that you have is above everything else. All principality and power. This is just talking about forces or powers as, as angelic forces. You understand? These are actually following, you know, there's godly God's own angels who are principality and power, but they're demonic angels or fallen angels who are also principles and powers right ahead i think we looked at the efficiency you know, in Ephesians, i think six yeah we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principles and powers and everything so you see he mentions the same thing again you know bible study is very interesting you see where things are mentioned before and after to better understand so he says power and might and dominions and every name that is named every authority that is named not only in this world but in that which is to come so that means forever we have all authority we're in the spirit hallelujah in the spirit we have all authority verse 22 and he has put all these things under his feet and gave him to be the head of the over all things to the church so he put all things under his feet and then he gave it to the church who is the church you and i so we have all this authority which is his body the fullness of him that fills all things so we are seeing that paul's prayer is that you know that's what paul wants to do he wants to know he doesn't want to be ignorant. Are you seeing that? So when you pray this prayer, of course you cannot study it, but when you pray this prayer, the work of the Spirit is to open your eyes faster. In the place of meditation, as you study the Scriptures, in the place of meditation, the Holy Ghost begins to open your mind. Now look at this. The Holy Ghost is, you know, you cannot be reading this thing now and say, oh, uh, okay, so I have an authority. This one, that one, that one. I have this. I, You know, I have all that. I have this, I have that. Glory, glory, glory. There's one demon appears like they say, Oh my God, Jesus, Jesus, do something. Kill it, kill it, kill it. 
Uh-huh. What this prayer does is that it will make it will dawn on you, and you will see yourself in that verse. You will see that you have the authority and the dominion over all those things. You will see that you have the spirit. You will see that you have all that power. You will see it becomes personal to you. That is the point of the text. It's not just that you read it casually. No, no, you can read it casually and everything. But when you pray that prayer for people or for yourself, or you keep on praying it, it will now begin to dawn on you. You will see yourself personally in that thing. And that is where growth occurs. When it becomes applicable to your life. It is not just something I read and say, oh, glory, this is nice, this is nice. You understand but it now becomes applicable to your life you get applicable to your own life that's what the prayer is for are you seeing that so with that we've come to the end of today's um episode and we see that you can use efficiency one is i mean it's really really packed i hope that one thing i really hope you would get from this is how to study your bible for the way i'm studying mine you see how it should be studied and you would also study you know yours in a similar fashion and discover the riches of the word okay guys that's the end of today's episode again i'm saying it twice god bless you have a wonderful day i'll catch you guys tomorrow when we look at ephesians chapter 2 god bless you bye bye if this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question you can head over to my instagram that's pst.scn pst.essien. See you there.